This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's Boomer and Geo on the Fan and the CBS Sports Network. Edward County alive for the World Four Tough Studio. Boomer's guys and Greg Giannotti. It's Boomer and Geo on the Fan simulcast across the country on CBS Sports Network and wherever you are in the free Odyssey app. Monday morning, we are back in New York, and we've got a Super Bowl champion. The Kansas City Chiefs do it again. Super Bowl 57, an exciting game, and they beat the Philadelphia Eagles in this high-scoring affair, and Patrick Mahomes gets another one. Andy Reid gets another one. Patrick Mahomes Mahomes has another Super Bowl MVP, and more importantly than anything this morning, Boomer, Young Joker is a Super Bowl champion. My guy has his hands and his mouth all over that Lombardi, and he played a big role in the game. So did that call at the end of the game, the defensive holding that did affect the outcome. But it's not all about one play, Boomer. Good morning. How are you? You know, good morning, G. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm hanging in there. I'm about 85% right. still, you know, So, um, but I'm good to be back. And I will say this, that... Um, you know, it was an amazing game by Patrick Mahomes for sure, especially when, you know, he hurt his ankle at the end of the second quarter and he's limping in and you're like, oh my God, you know, so this high ankle sprain thing still obviously bothered him through both the AFC Championship game and now the Super Bowl. And, you know, it's one of those injuries where, you know, you can come out and as long as nobody's tweaking it and you're not tweaking it the wrong way, you know, you could, you could play on it with stability and you could feel really strong about it. But the moment it gets hit the wrong way or something else, like it's like a shock wave going through your ankle. And I think that's that's most likely what happened to him. And because of the elongated halftime, I think he was able to calm down a little bit. And maybe I don't I doubt they gave him any sort of shot or anything in the ankle. But I'm sure that they did do some treatment to it uh, during uh, during halftime. And maybe that elongated halftime helped him out. But, man, he was unbelievable in the second half. You know, that that's the guy that, you know. That is the best player in the league right there, without question. And I can't say enough about how well his offensive line played. I mean, they protected their meal ticket, not only in the AFC Championship game, but against this pass rush that came into the game, what, four short of a, of an NFL record for both playoffs and regular season. And they didn't even get a sniff. They didn't even really get a sniff. That he, where he got hurt, he was out of the pocket and running around. But he is just on a different planet than everybody else. I mean, he plays differently. Uh, I can't say enough about him. And then, you know, his humility after the game right. is, is really what truly makes him great. You know, he gets up there, they give him the MVP, and he wants to say thank you to his entire teammates. He wants to say thank you to Andy Reid. You know, in the way that, uh, you know, Kelsey talks about Andy Reid and everybody talks about Andy Reid and just how much they all appreciate each other. 
you know, gives you a real understanding of how great he is as not only a player, but a person and a leader. Yeah, and I really started to believe that it was going to be the Chiefs, and I picked the Chiefs after I saw Patrick Mahomes do what he did against the Bengals on that high ankle sprain. And I said, this is just, he's hes not going to be denied this year. And if they had lost this Super Bowl, it would have been, wow, you know, they really missed out on a lot, a lot of opportunities, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, during his prime. This is another missed opportunity. It just didn't feel like it was going to happen. And the reason why is Patrick Mahomes on that run in the fourth quarter where he's basically giving everything that he has for that eight. 18 yards where he scrambles. That was the fastest I think I've ever seen that guy run in his life. And he does this with the injury, and he just was not going to be denied. And in the first half, he really didn't have opportunities because the Eagles played essentially a flawless first well, half. I mean, you got to remember, so the Chiefs score a defensive touchdown. Right. So that takes a possession away from them. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, uh, Kadarius Tony has that long punt return in the second half off of that poor punt. And, you know, that essentially takes an entire 70 yards away from them uh, in, in terms of opportunities for putting up more yards. So the yards look like they're depressed, but they're depressed really because of two plays. Yeah. One is the defensive touchdown, and the other one is the Kadarius uh, Tony punt return down to the five-yard line. Let me tell you something. We talked about Kadarius Tony maybe being the Super Bowl MVP at plus 15,000. If he had gotten into the end zone on that punt return... I believe that he had a real shot of winning the Super Bowl MVP hey, because it, it would have taken away another touchdown from Mahomes. Yes. So he wouldn't have had the three. He would have just had two. He only threw for whatever it was. It wasn't a ton of yeah, yardage. Because he didn't have because exactly. he, he lost yards. And he scored another touchdown. So you would have had the biggest play in the game, the first ever punt return in the history of the Super Bowl for a touchdown. And he had another touchdown on top of that, even though he had really no yards receiving. There was a chance he could have done it. <laughs> yeah. Just 15,000. <laughs> so when you think about losing a, a possession in the first half because of the touchdown on defense and then that long run of punt return by uh, Kadarius Tony. <clears throat> this is why the numbers seem depressed for the offense of the of the Chiefs man but I'm I'm telling you that offensive line was unbelievable. I mean yeah. they didn't get anywhere near him. This is a team that basically assaulted the two quarterbacks in the previous two games, Brock Purdy and of course uh, uh Daniel Jones. They did that in Philadelphia. You know, this is a neutral site and everything else. It's a little bit different. Um, I, I don't know what to tell you other than the fact that, you know, everybody's going to look at that Bradbury call. And I think I kind of agree with Greg Olson. Like, uh, you know, it, it feels like for those of us who have played the game, it feels a little ticky tacky. But Bradbury said after the game, look, it was, it was I grabbed them. I didn't think they were going to call it in that situation. They did call it in that situation. Called Cheffers, the, uh, the, the referee basically said after the game in the pool report that it was a grab. It was a hold. I think we all know it was a hold. The question is, did it did it rise to the level of calling it at that moment? Now, well, I mean, it definitely affected the outcome of the game. There's no two ways about it, and I it just it wasn't that egregious to me. They hadn't called a holding, I think, the entire football game until that moment. I think that's the thing that's frustrating. But just like the AFC Championship game, we were talking about the calls that happened there. I mean, think about these opportunities for the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, they went three and out in the fourth quarter when they had the football. Yeah. And that was the first time that that happened. Obviously, the Jalen Hurts uh, fumble for a touchdown. Uh, you had, of course, the big punt return, which was a big deal. They had a fourth and inches, and they end up going of a full start to bring them back to, to fourth and five. So the Eagles had their mistakes, and they had their issues. So, yes, that call is something that leaves a bad taste in your mouth, just like the AFC Championship game, but 
I mean, it's not like the Philadelphia Eagles were dominating this football game, absolutely dominating it early on. They couldn't get the job done. Mahomes came back and beat them. You know, in all honesty, though, you score 35 points, you expect a win. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, the Eagles stunk this, for the Eagles. Yeah. The Eagle defense was, you know, the best defense in football all year long. Had all the numbers, all the statistics. And, you know, they ran into Robocop at quarterback. And Robocop just basically went and did what Robocop always does and seems like big games. You know, we're going to see a lot of these games for the next five to ten years with him and Andy Reid. You know, this team and the turnover on this team, I think I read it was either 13, 13 through 16, I don't know, players left from the previous Super Bowl. So they've had two-thirds of their roster has been turned over since the last Super Bowl. And, you know, when you take a look at and what I love the most is two of the touchdown passes that they had, the one to Kadarius Tony and the one to Sky Moore, were essentially the same type of thing. Wide open. Where they were coming in motion, mm -hmm. and you would thought that it was going to be a jet sweep or he was going to go all the way across the formation. But this is Andy Reid. This is Andy Reid knowing that the Eagles are going to be in man coverage, that he's going to take two of his faster guys, he's going to bring them in short motion. The guys that are covering him on the them on the other side for the Philadelphia Eagles are thinking that they're going to go all the way across the formation. When the ball gets snapped, they basically stop and go back out. And by that time, the guy that's covering each of those guys is standing in the middle of the field while these guys are standing outside the numbers. Uh, and brilliant play design. I mean, that's what that is. And those are easy touchdown passes. Uh, so I can't say enough about the play design for Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy. And I know that Andy was giving Eric a lot of credit after the game last night. I think he's really trying to push you know, Eric Bieniemy to get an opportunity to go play, you know, be an offensive coordinator at least somewhere well, else. Well, I think that's going to happen. I mean, I think that's probably, he needs yeah. to get away from that situation and do it on his own, I think, to maybe uh, get that job and get over the hump. But yeah, I mean, Andy Reid was, was giving him a, a ton of credit. And I think the way the Chiefs rebuilt that roster with their offensive weapons, if you look back, I mean, it's genius because... There was a lot of guys that they brought in who were like that second tier guy or someone, you know, who was very young. They take a chance on and Kadarius Tony that fell out of favor uh, with the Giants. Then you get Juju Smith Schuster, who was a guy that, you know, ended up with the Steelers for a couple of years. He signed a one year deal with the Steelers. He didn't do much in that last season. They bring him in on the cheap. They put him in that offense. He's great. Marquez Valdez Scantling who was like the third option for the Green Bay Packers. On the cheap. Right, that's the key. Exactly, the all the running backs on the cheap. Yeah, Zay Pacheco, rookie, and then they drafted. You know, they drafted McCole Hardman. They drafted Sky Moore. McCole Hardman's been hurt, but I just I, the way they got these weapons and these talented guys cheaply to put around Patrick Mahomes to replace Tyreek Hill uh, is is just I, I think was genius general managing. And Howie Roseman did a genius job too. And it's, it's no shock that both these teams are the one season ended up in the Super Bowl in a three point game. Well, this Chief team now is the second team in NFL history that has seventy five wins or more in this five year span. The other, the other team, I think, that has maybe one or two more wins is I think it's the Patriots from two thousand two to two thousand seven. So you can see that the trajectory that uh, Patrick Mahomes is on, and you know, even playing with a bad ankle. In three games, and you got to remember, he played the Jacksonville game with the bad ankle. Chad Henney came in and maybe saved the season for them mm -hmm. with that 98-yard drive against the Jacksonville Jaguars in the divisional round. But then, you know, Patrick went in the second half of that game. He didn't play great that game. Is is the team basically won the game and everything else? And then they came back and, of course, they beat the Bengals, and that that was a slugfest. And now this one here, where they put up 38 points, this is more like the Chiefs that we know. 
this is this is the offense that we've that we've seen and we've come to love from the Chiefs' perspective. And I don't know. All I can tell you is that it's it's ridiculous how easy Patrick Mahomes can make it look. But I think a lot of it, like they were saying yesterday, goes to Andy Marie, uh, Andy Reid, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And I will say that you know Jalen Hurts played his ass off. He he played his ass off. It was the Jalen Hurts Super Bowl, really until the fourth quarter. Yeah, you know they had that three and out as you pointed well, out. Well, he got a miserable but he also, turnover. But he also got the team, you know, in 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 uh, in, in the spot where he had to score a score touchdown, and then he took the two point play and he ran it like Barry Sanders yeah. right around the corner, lowered his shoulder, got in. I'm like, holy crap! Yeah, they showed Howie Roseman right after that two point conversion in the box, and you could read his lips. He goes, "We're winning this effing game." At that point. Uh. Well, I, I, but way. I can't say enough about the way that Jalen Hurts played. These two, I mean, I these mean, two teams were phenomenal. I mean, you can't. I mean, it's, it's heartbreaking for the Eagles, but guess what? You won a Super Bowl in 2017 in one of the most miraculous games ever. So it's not. It's not like it's that much heartbreaking for an Eagle fan. It sucks. You want another one, but I mean, my lord. Did you feel like there were any replays or anything that you felt like you know? I didn't like the whole uh, Dallas Goddard situation because I. <laughs> It's just weird when they decide to use the expedited replay and or not. Yeah. And then, like, Andy Reid has to use a challenge. I don't blame him using the challenge at that point. But then it ends up being a lost challenge and a lost timeout. Right. So it's like, I, I just, if I were a coach or I were in charge of the challenge flag, I would be very confused as to when to use it, when not to use it, and when they were going to use the expedited replay. Uh, but I think Andy Reid, even though they lost the challenge and they lost the timeout, did the right thing by checking that because that was a critical play at that and, point. And by the way, it was a great play. Yeah. It was a great catch. It was a tremendous throw. And as Greg Olson said, he thought, he, when he let it go, he thought it was going to be an interception. When in actuality, you know, that was the play I think that Joe Burrow had against the uh, the Chiefs where one of the, those young uh, defensive backs went up and knocked it down or just mm -hmm. tipped it, barely tipped it because he had a guy open over the top of him in the AFC Championship game. Yeah. But, man, that was that was some catch. Oh, my God, that was some catch. Yeah. You know, what about the, uh, the Devontae Smith catch along the sideline that they did overturn? Yeah, I mean, that's another one that, to me, it, the ball is, the nose of the ball hits the ground. And you saw that final angle from, because they kept showing from the sideline. Then when they showed from the field, you could see that the ball had moved when the uh, nose of the ball had gone. So I mean, to me, it was like, it, it's, <laughs> you have a million angles and you found the one because you're searching for the one to overturn it and they got it. So, I mean, I think both of those would have been upheld if there were no replay, the Goddard one, which was ultimately, and of course, it, would, it was a catch, and the Devontae Smith one as well, but yeah, I mean, I, I think with the letter of the law, I saw that ball move when he went down with it. I, 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 the letter of the law sucks, yeah. honestly. Yeah. I mean, these guys make these unbelievable catches, and it was good to see that, you know, from the Eagles' perspective anyway, that A.J. Brown got involved. I remember sitting there going, man, A.J. Brown's got to get involved here sooner or later. Yeah. And they hit him on back-to-back uh, receptions, and he got himself in the game. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm, I think if I'm a Philadelphia Eagle fan, I'm just really disappointed that my defense didn't do what my defense has done all year long. Now, a lot of the players were complaining about the field that the field was slick, and I know they were talking about it. The Eagles had you know problems with their shoes and all that other stuff, and you know this, they put so much time and effort in this field 
that it's ridiculous that, you know, guys would be complaining about a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, it was really pathetic, and they spent $800,000 on this field. So I saw this actually before the game. They grew the grass on a sod farm and then would bring it out because they have this technology there in that stadium where it just the, the field moves out. It's on a tray. Yeah, so they would move it out into the sun yeah. to have the grass grow and do all of this stuff. $800,000 for this field that they're slipping all over the place. And Terry Bradshaw actually mentioned, he's like, I guess they painted the entire field. And even some of like the grass, they, they painted more green. And that's what was making it slick. And it just is, it's, it's unacceptable for a game like this. I mean, even, you know, on the Maybe final Maybe that's one kick, of the reasons why it was 38-35. Yeah, may, absolutely. Because you would think that the offense would have an advantage in that situation. I mean, even on the, the uh, game-winning kick by Butker, you know, Greg Olson is bringing up the fact that, like, look, there's the Super Bowl logo. There's paint there. I mean, he could fall right on his ass and slip. You know, the amazing thing is, is if you watch any of the Phoenix Open, um, you saw where you had all this green grass and then around it you had all this brown grass. Sure. Well, basically because it was so cold out there um, that the grass is not really, it's dormant right now. It hasn't really started to grow. Normally it does start to grow this in February, mm. but it hadn't started to grow yet, so... Most of the golf courses out there that you see, including the Waste Management Open, they paint the grass green. Mm. See what I'm saying? Yes. So they paint the grass green. And I, I wouldn't be surprised that would be the case here, although they, it could have been under heaters. I'm not sure. But when you have all those logos on the field and the field looks great and everything else, you, you tend to forget about the footing. You know, our Super Bowl, Super Bowl 23 down at, uh, it was Joe Robbie Stadium at that time, and it had just opened. When we got out on the field, man, the field looked gorgeous. But then we had a rainstorm that day. It was kind of like a, a really bad rainstorm overnight and kind of rained during the morning. And uh, they, they had the pumps on and all that other stuff. And somebody left the pumps on. And our field was so bad because when you stepped in it, you slid and, and the, um, you know, the, the turf would come up from underneath you. And, you know, we had our best defensive lineman, Tim Crummer, snapped his leg in that quarter yeah. because of that field. And, you know, so I, we had the opposite. This field was tight. It was, I'm sure that it was, it was pretty hard. It looked pretty hard to me. And our field was soft, long, long grass, and it was coming out in chunks. It was like hitting down on a golf ball and just taking a huge divot. Yeah. So we had the opposite. So they put all this freaking time and effort in these fields. And I'm like, when these teams are used to playing on, synthetic fields you know and that's where the defense really gets its speed from because they have better footing so maybe that's one of the reasons why so many points were scored yeah maybe and uh, every player talks about how they'd rather be on grass just not grass like this because it's too tight out. too yeah. hard and had too much paint on the field meaning you know the end zones were all painted center you know the, the midpoint of the field you know 50 yard line had the nfl logo on it you had the super bowl logos on it so a lot of that area, I'm sure, probably gave a lot of like second thoughts to defensive players on both teams trying to keep their footing. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 